You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm the host, Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Joseph Fifigbu, who is the co-founder and CEO at Equitable, an HR analytics platform. Joseph, how are you doing today? Uh, good, man. Good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Hey, we are super excited to have you on the show and really dive into this topic. Um, and I think it, it's it's perfect because you're an expert really in this space of the topic that we're going to dive into in a minute around people analytics. I know, you know, your your company right now is an HR analytics platform, but even previously, before you started your company, you were head of HR technology at Snap worked in people analytics at WeWork and really started your career as a researcher and, and data scientist. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Um, I mean, I think, I think things around math and statistics were, were, were some of the things that I've, you know, I've always just gravitated towards, right? Like that, you know, that's, there's, there's this whole thing of, and that's always been in my head where, you know, you can get to the answers if you have if you have the numbers, right? Right, and I just like I always like this thing of yeah, just I was always been like this, this solution kind of uh, oriented person whereby I like to kind of solve problems, and so yeah, really you know worked to work in as a data scientist my whole career, but but what really attracted me to 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 people analytics was the fact that like people are more complex than say. Like, but then say like uh, marketing data or, or e-commerce, or, right? You're dealing with decisions that people make on a daily basis, and so and so. Yeah, I you know definitely lucky to to get into um, HR, and I've ever since I got into HR and took my data skills there. I've always I've just I've not looked back since. I've always just enjoyed <laughs> uh, that journey, um, and which really you know during our time at WeWork really led us to. Um, to have the, it led us to have the actual idea for equitable and actually creative there. And so, um, yeah, just really excited to be and you know, to talk more about, about, about how we can use data to help organizations. So. <laughs> yeah, no, well, we're super excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit more about equitable and what your company does. Yeah. So, you know, we, we help organizations, um, make decisions using data about their employees, right. You know, there, there is, there is this gap between data and insights. There is right. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of every day you have a new tool, a new platform being launched, um, or we hiring platform, an engagement platform, and this platform, and that platform, right? However, there's still this gap in, when it comes to using insights to make decisions, using making data different decisions about your employees. But which, by the way, they are your most important resource, right? Like you mm-hmm. can have a great product, your employees are the ones that actually built that for you. Your employees actually yeah. want that. Right. And so, and so if we can use data to make decisions about like our product, why not people? All right. And so our, our platform really just, we sit on top of the different HR tools. We're bringing the data into our platform and we deliver insights to, to decision makers to make the best decisions. So decisions around like hiring, engagement, diversity, um, compensation, and so on. Yeah. Love it. I think I can definitely see the value in that. So, yeah, you know, you've kind of talked about this a little bit already as you kind of shared your background, but I thought it was kind of interesting looking at your, your LinkedIn profile and kind of your career background when we first connected. And you can definitely see your career has gravitated more and more 
to, to the HR space, right? You started, you know, as really a researcher and data scientist, and then gradually moved more and more into people analytics and, and the HR space. So tell me a little bit more about what drew you to that intersection between data and analytics and HR and people work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was working as a data scientist um, and um, one of the role, the last role before I actually got into the HR space was I worked as a, as a data scientist in the basically e-commerce retail space. And my job was really to understand consumer behaviors, which affected the, the placement of products. Mm-hmm. So I worked at Toys R Us at the time. And, and so we would do this analysis, where, for example, that would say, well, if if a mom buys a baby formula, what's the probability they're going to buy a pacifier? And we'll see the buying patterns between like the moms at the store. We're like, oh, okay, well, so there's a high correlation that they will buy this and buy the other one. So let's actually place the pacifiers next to the formula in the yeah. store at the eye level. Stuff like that. We do, we do like cool. So- where things were placed were actually like you we use analytics to determine that. And so at the time when I was, you know, leaving the role, like I was like, okay, looking for my next role. I, I was looking at different uh, jobs at the time and I saw people in analytics. I'm like, people in analytics, like, what is this? Because I am technically doing something that has to do with people and decisions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, and I said, I'm like, oh, this is HR interest. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, okay, well, it's, it has to do with people and decisions there. So, and I applied and, and I, I somehow got that role, that job. And from there, just I just started learning about the HR space. And again, look, domains, right, are different, but the, the, the concept of analytics is the same, right? Yeah, so I just yeah. brought my analytics, just the, the experience I had doing analytics in other uh, industries to that. And I had to just learn the HR domain. But once I learned that, oh my goodness, I was like, there's so much. I realized there's so much green space. There's so much we can do. Yeah. Organizations uh, be better. And that's really how I got into it. And I've not looked back. <laughs> well, I love that. And, you know, going back to exactly what you said at the beginning, you know, for every company, oh, I, I would say for at least the vast majority of companies, the biggest expense for that company is people, right? Yep. And, and the biggest way to create a successful company, regardless of your size, is making sure that you can really invest in helping your people succeed. So, I mean, going back to, you know, that comment that you made, I think that that's absolutely true. And when you can apply the data and analytics to help the most, arguably the most important part of your business, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a real impact there, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, if people don't realize this, it's like, oh, well, it's a people decision. I feel in my God, I wish you do this. Well, yeah, your God, it could be wrong. Like beyond, you know, it's like this one is this, this concept of like what beyond like 120, 100, 120 people, you start mm-hmm. to know systems. Like you can't, we can't really know what everyone is going to. You can't really know everyone by name. Are you starting yeah. to do that? systems to actually measure and give you feedback. And so, yeah, like, I think, I think, I think the, the, the days of trying to like, um, just got decisions. <laughs> yeah. Like people, those days are long over. Like if, for it to be, to, for it to be competitive in this day and age with this whole, you know, great migration and everything. And you want to make sure your employees are engaged, you know, as satisfied a, a happier organization, you need data, you need data for that. So, yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, I'm excited to dive into this topic of really just people analytics and pick your brain on this a little bit more. But, you know, before I do the the question I know that is on my mind because of who our audience is for this podcast, a lot of times we have, you know, small business 
owners or HR people, many times they are ones that are the local businesses with kind of deskless workforces. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about people analytics, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the question naturally comes to my mind, and I'm sure many of those listening also have similar questions. Is this something that's only for large companies or really tech savvy companies? Or when it comes to people analytics, is there really an application for this for all businesses? Oh, absolutely. I mean, beyond the setting, uh, in terms of number of employees, beyond like, by the time you start hitting like, honestly, when you start getting over 10, 20, 30 employees, you start needing some sort of analytics, some sort of measurement, right? So, yeah. so like, people analytics is not, is not, um, it's, it's not only focused on like tech companies or tech savvy companies. No, it's focused on, it's, people analytics is about people. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so it's focused on the people. So, if you need to kind of understand what, you know, if you need to understand your employees or you need to understand like what data you need to help, you know, to make decisions, you need people analytics, right? So for example, you're a 20% company. If you're hiring, you know, your first, I don't know, head of sales or something like that, Mm -hmm. what should we pay our head of sales? So you have to go and get some data in the market about, okay, what's the market value? So that's analytics, literally. It's not it's not like a complex ML algorithm, literally probability, averages, yeah. benchmarks, those are all analytics. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yes, any company really um, that have people uh, that need some sort of data is pretty much, that's pretty much become analytics. Yeah, I love that. I think that's absolutely true. And so I love the example you shared because it's true. I think a lot of times small business owners or HR people, if they don't come from a data and analytics background, they can feel overwhelmed and intimidated when thinking about this stuff. But exactly like what you said, they're doing, they're looking at data all the time when it comes to salaries and benchmarks and everything else. And so really it's just, how do you do that better? And that's what we really want to talk about today. So first question I have for you as we kind of dive into this topic is, you know, it seems like the people related issues that organizations face, they take a long time to change, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to try and change culture in a company or things that are really related to people, um, it's usually not an overnight thing, right? So, so I guess to really start off, why why do you think that is? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, So I think one of the issues is, People-related issues are seen as HR issues, right? right? Like, oh, they see HR at the head of the EI will solve this. Like, they should handle that. Mm-hmm. Not true. Nowhere is it true. Like, how is that true, right? Like, right? Like, uh, it's a company issue. And so I think a lot of times why companies take long is that they assign, they assign this to HR specifically, whereby it should be something that every executive leads across the organization should rally around and be like, okay, well, how do we solve this issue? And that's one of the big things I've seen within organizations. And a lot of times when now, obviously, the HR person, HR has to take on that and inevitably they end up not doing it well, failing or something, then they go back, then it's not like, okay, well, this this panic and then time has passed. And then maybe sometimes you have to bring in some kind of consulting from into the organization to kind of figure out what the issues are. Time, you know, let's, you know, next thing you know, it's been two years. <clears throat> there's been some sort of loss, lawsuit. And then they're trying to figure out how they can like restructure the organization, right? Mm-hmm. When from the beginning, everything that has to do with people should be a decision that comes from the top. And that a decision that leaders should be involved in. Whereby it's like, no, this should be an OKR for you. 
Yeah. Right? How engages your team, head of engineering? How engages your team, head of sales? How engages your team, head of marketing? How, you know, what, what is your diversity breakout in your organizations? These are the things that should be honed in on from the beginning. Yeah. But unfortunately, a lot of companies think that people do, people issues are HR issues, and it's not true. It's a company issue. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point. And, and so what I'm hearing you say too, is, you know, a lot of times there's, there can be confusion in companies in terms of who owns this issue and what do we actually do about it? And so as a result, it can kind of stunt like action, right? There's kind of a confusion. People are kind of frozen at times. They don't know what to do. They think it's someone else that should own it. And so how, how can really um, leaders make sure that in their organization, there's a bias towards action where there's more clarity in terms of who owns things and they focus on getting things done? Simple answer, tie it to your pay. <laughs> I know it sounds insane. It sounds insane, but like, that's what it is. Tie it to the pay. Like if, if, if you tie stuff to is money, right? People, yeah. people want to eat, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So if you tie a setting objective, if you tie a setting thing to someone's, you're not getting this large bonus that executives get all the time. <laughs> you're not getting it if you don't hit this the goals. And I've seen some exec- some CEOs do that and I love it because I'm like, no, okay, you have this goal, right? Your engagement score is this, you have this attrition, or or actually you're hiring, you hire you're hiring hundred people this year. Well. Yeah. You, you currently have 20% women on your team. You're hiring 100 people this year or whatever. Well, like, uh, we want you to increase that diversity number from 20% to 25% or 30%. Yeah. And it's tied to your bonus. Yeah. Right? If you do that, you will see very quickly yeah. <laughs> that executives are going to start, start like, okay, let's get this thing done. Right? Because right. they want their bonus. Like, that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But if if there is no if there is no skin in the game, if it doesn't affect something, why are they going to be inspired to actually get it done? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So so one of the ways is yeah, tie it to the bonus. I, I, and that's one of the ways I, I, I've seen it done as well. And then you saw you saw you saw like you saw the executive now executives talking to their their teams. Okay. Let's set these goals. What are the timelines? Let's track those kind of things, right? So, you know, you know, like the bonus. And then second thing is just like have like you need to set goals. It needs to be transparent and you need to track it and hold mm-hmm. people accountable for that as well. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not just setting the goal. We're having this goal for this year and then you discuss it at the end of the year. So how do we hit the goal? No. Every month, every quarter, where are we with this? Why haven't we hit this goal? Yeah. Right. Knowing that, making sure that people take this seriously. So tracking those things and, and making people incentivize, executive incentivize, I think is some of the ways that you can really have that bias towards action. No, I think that that's a great, great point. And, you know, one of the things that is um, just became clear as you're, as you're talking about this is it sounds like it has to start at the top. And when I say the top, I mean the top, top, it means the CEO. Like if you're going to hold your executive or your leadership team to um, hitting change within their organizations, like the example you shared of, if you care as an organization that you have a higher percentage of women in your organization, if that's a metric that you need to, to improve, right? It has to start with the CEO tying it to something that people care about, like pay, and then holding each other accountable to it so that they're constantly following up on it. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think like 
it has to absolutely come from the top, right? Like it has to be top players, the top of like CEOs and and then like, you know some organizations obviously like you know um, like the, the the direct executive suite suite there, but really like I mean I think I think if if an organization has setting goals regards to things around DEI or any people related goals, right? I know they the box stops at the CEO, right? So if if they have to kind of they have to really want that to happen. They have to take that seriously. They have to, they have to demand excellence from their executive team and their leadership teams for those things to happen. Right. And if those, and if they don't, right, why should the, the, the executive team do that? And if the executive right. team doesn't, why should their their own um, leadership team do that? And then it just keeps going down like that. Right. Yeah. And so it has to be that accountability from the top. But also, but also at the same time, like I also feel that there's also this reverse whereby like if we're coming as an organization and saying hey we want to hit xyz goals right then they also like leaders should also manage up right mm-hmm. as a director like ask your vps like okay well how are we going to hit those goals manage up as well hold them accountable and say look these are things that we have to do as an organization mm-hmm. we are going to be on the ground operationalizing this but what what do we, like we need this X, XYZ from you, right? Yeah. We also have to manage. So there's that two-way relationship, I think, as well. Like yeah. That. No, I think that's a great point. And so part of the reason why I'm asking about this change is, you know, as we talked about data at the very beginning, usually data should hopefully lead to insights like you talked about. Doesn't always, right? But it should yeah. hopefully lead to insights that can help you as an organization enact change within your organization and improvement. So talk to us a little bit more about that. What role does data have in in really enacting change across an organization? Yeah. I mean, I mean, data is, <laughs> data is, we call it oil, right? These days, <laughs> right? But I think, I think data has a massive role to play, but not just data, but what you get out of the data, right? Mm-hmm. Again, like I always say, I always shout this um, uh, at the mountaintop for anyone that cares to listen. You cannot change what you don't measure, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in, you know, if you don't know what you don't know, if you don't know there are issues, then what is there to change? For all you know, everything is great, right? Mm-hmm. So by actually measuring, by taking the data from your engagement surveys, from your pay compensation, from like your daily transactional data, from your hiring, you can start to understand and tell a story and get a cohesive story in terms of the health of your organization. And in so doing, you can now tease out what those insights are and see, okay, well, where are we doing well? And where do we actually need to improve? And once you can see what you need to improve, then you can actually take steps and set goals to improve it, right? But if you don't do that, then you're not going to be able to improve anything. And that's a, a lot of things that organizations, I see some organizations, some mistakes organizations make mm-hmm. is that they sometimes don't even want to measure because they are afraid of what they will find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, ignorance is not an excuse mm-hmm. for not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I, think, I think now employers, I mean, employees, sorry, they are demanding more. They're demanding mm-hmm. more of their employers. Now, boards and, and investors are demanding more from companies saying, no, like, we can't keep going like this. Things have to change. Yeah. So Cust- have- customers even demand it too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, they're selling, they're selling customers that even I, we wouldn't um, do business with if we look at 
you just you don't even have a diversity team or there's certain things that you know or we see a leadership team and it's just the same people like all men and we look like like what is happening here like it's just certain things like at this point like it's just no excuse like you have a leadership team there's 10 of you and it's all men that went to Yale, nothing against Yale, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like come on, like you could have gotten like, and not, I'm not trying to be like, not, not like a token, no, like they are very good people out there, very good women, people of color that you could have hired. So what, what is wrong? Why aren't you doing that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so yeah, so I think ignorance is not an excuse, and so I think companies need to shred this idea of like, oh, we're afraid of what we'll find, and actually measure, so you can actually make the experiences for your employees better. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, you said you can't change what you don't measure. Right. And I think that's absolutely true. So it starts with starting to measure it and then it can hopefully give you insights and ideas on ways to enact change. So I love that. So I want to bring this back a little bit to what we talked about at the beginning, which is again, our, the audience for this podcast often is small businesses and small business owners and HR people. So how can organizations, especially these small businesses use data and analytics to enact change for the better? I mean, a lot of times these small businesses, they might have you know, a small leadership team, solo HR person, where, where can they really get started when it comes to people analytics and data to, to enact change for the better? Yeah. So, um, I mean, apart from reason equitable, of course, uh, but <laughs> I mean, like that's, that's something we do. So I'll just talk a bit about it and I'll go to some things that they can also yeah. do. And so, so really, I mean, for us, why would be equitable was because, you know, um, they're building infrastructure within organizations, right? And building teams is actually quite expensive, right? Like when, when, when I built my team at, at WeWork, uh, it took about two years and $2 million, right? It's really yeah. beautiful. So not every company has that kind of time or or resources really to kind of, um, to build that. And so so we are, we are, we've, we've built this like very, just, um, just an incredible platform that enables smaller companies to be able to be onboarded very quickly. Um, and you don't have to, you don't have to hire a massive team because again, like you have a team of experts that in the people on the that actually built this. So you yeah. can actually like, you know, just, we know exactly what you're looking for because we've been through it ourselves. And so we're able to help organize small organizations, just get on board and connect to these systems and actually help them tell the story very simply, very quickly, right. Um, help them curate that story. So that's the one way. But again, like if, if, if you're in a place where you're saying, Hey, we just, we don't even want, we don't even have any sort of system at all, at all. You, you know, analytics, analytics starts with, you know, starts with, with someone saying that they want to understand what's happening. So you can even just use Excel sheets, right? Mm-hmm. Just like, well, you have 20 people in your organization. Okay, well, great. Okay, well, you have needs of 20 people. Okay, what are they paid? You know, um, what is, you know, you run your engagement score, how your engagement service, what are the responses? And then you can just use simple, like averages, like, you know, like mm-hmm. that. Just I'm trying to understand, right? Like what has happened. You can even just start there to start telling the story. And as you grow and you feel like, okay, you know, you're in a place where you want to use equity, then you can always come and use us. Yeah. But it really just starts with that. Like there's so much, there's so much, um, you know, there's so much just like uh, you see a lot of Excel templates and things like to help with different um, answers to questions. So you can really start with that and then go from there. So I, I would just say it's never too early to start. Just start with what you have. And then, you know, we can always, and also if you have, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me too. So that's, we, can, we always have to help anyone as well. So that's also something. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's very generous of you. So um, I, I love hearing that. Cause I think it, you know, it can sound 
scary and complex, I think, to when we're talking about people analytics for especially people who don't come from a data background. But if they haven't started, what I what I heard you say is just start measuring something and start asking questions like what's our breakdown and percentage of men to women? What's our what's our pay? Is it does it our average pay? Is it to seem equitable? And even if it's just an Excel sheet, start asking the questions and tracking the data. And that's a great place to start because you'll probably find something in that that will give you a hint at where you need to enact change for the better across your organization. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly it. That's just start somewhere. And then you know, you know what that you know what that does too when you start, even you know, that those those early little beginnings, there's something about it that helps you build the culture of like mm-hmm. of like data and transparency. There's something mm-hmm. that about that. You start at 20 people, you start doing those things, asking the right questions, putting those things in place. You know, it helps you build a foundation from when you're 50 and when you're hundred and hopefully two, three, four thousand. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, hundred percent. and I love that point too, because you know, so we've heard in the world, we know the power of data, you know, that's been become very, very clear. But I I think a lot of times local businesses too, that are your mom and pop shops or your restaurants or, you know, whatever it is, they, uh, they can sometimes think that, you know, data is just for the the tech companies out there or the big companies out there. But we, we all know the power of of data and analytics. And it's not just for those types of companies. It, the power is for any company who starts to track their analytics and apply the data and insights to really enact change. Like we talked about today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Data for everyone. <laughs> data for all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Data for all. Love it. Well, Joseph, this has been a great conversation. And I think that there's a lot that listeners can take away and start to apply in their own businesses. You know, as we kind of wrap up here, one question I like to ask a lot of people is again, our, our, HR Mavericks community that we're building, which this podcast is a part of, really the mission there is just democratizing HR knowledge and best practices. Mm-hmm. And so if you have one suggestion that our listeners should do to improve their HR people functions this week, what would that be? Mm. That's, a good, that's a good one. Um, I think one of the things, I think one of the things that people can do is, is listen. Um, you know, I think we, we, we are in a you know, time whereby there's a lot of information out there. There's, I think you know, people are, people, people, people want you to hear all their opinion and they are right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, this, the, the art of listening is almost becoming lost, right? Whereby you can actually listen and see what the other person is saying. And so I feel like organizations, um, should listen to their employees, um, you know, because again, the best ideas don't necessarily all come from the executive team. Like the executive team don't have the seed of knowledge, right? Ideas that can change your organization can come from any level in the organization. And so there has to be some sort of humility from leaders and people partners and to be able to listen and hear what they're saying. And potentially, maybe you might actually find something that will help your organization be better. So one of the things I would say this week is listen. Yeah. Um, I love that. I think that's such a great tangible um, takeaway that everyone can probably do better. So great, great suggestion. Last question I have for you is if there are listeners that want to get in contact with you or learn more about your company, Equitable, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, Yeah, just uh, there's two ways. So you can just follow me on LinkedIn, uh, add me on LinkedIn. So Joseph Ifiego, and I think we'll have the name on the, on the bottom. So uh, yep. follow, 
anything there. Or you can also like just visit our website um, at equitable.com. And, you know, there's a form there, like just take two seconds. You can just put in your email and then we'll follow up with you as well. Um, we always have to connect with people and, and, and get to chat about the product and see how we can potentially collaborate or help. So um, those two ways are two ways you can do it. Love it. Well, thank you so much again uh, for the listeners out there. If you want to get in touch with Joseph, you can connect with him on LinkedIn or visit him on their website. And we will drop the links to both his LinkedIn profile and website in the show notes. So you can find those there. Um, Joseph, this has been an awesome conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join the podcast today and share your insights and knowledge. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much. You too. Man. Appreciate it. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddy. Eddy is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddy, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddy.com today to request a demo.